Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. I'm your host, Colin Zhu, and welcome. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. So I have a wonderful guest for you today. Her name is Chef Muriel Samuels, and she is calling in all the way from Sierra Leone. And uh, I am so thrilled to have you. She is a wonderful friend and colleague of mine, and we're going to be having a great talk for you today. Say hi to everyone, Muriel. Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm la- happy to be here. Yeah, definitely. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Um, I am exhilarated um, uh, to have this talk with you, and we've known each other for a few years now. Um, so tell the audience, uh, tell them how did you get to where you are? You work um, as a chef, as a holistic consultant. Uh, you are the founder and CEO of Eaton Foods, um, and you are doing a big, and I'm so excited. Tell everyone, how did you get here and uh, what inspired you to get to this route? Colin, thank you for having me. Um, you know, living in New York, we're always quite um, passionate about food. And I happened to stumble upon Natural Gourmet Institute, this uh, our health supportive culinary school that we both attended. And it, it was a, a change in my life. It's, it's, it was almost as if everything that, that I'd been searching for, for food, um, and understanding healthy eating and what it means and, and connecting to, to ingredients and how they made you feel, it, it was realized in that place. And the inevitable conclusion for me was immediately after culinary school, I had to come back to my country, mm-hmm. um, well, to one of my countries to kind of understand you know, my own relationships with food and to be able to see our ingredients through the veil of those those new ideas and new practices that, that I'd learned in school. So, um, yeah, I'm, I've always been very passionate about healthy eating, mm-hmm. always been the, the odd one asking for this. You know, you can take this out of this. If I go to a restaurant, always having so, certain things eliminated and certain things added on and basically always customizing my meals. And I remember... A, a friend of mine said once that, you know, I wouldn't be this way the older I got and I kept being this way. So I've always had a very dynamic relationship with food and natural gourmet was, was basically like a, a religion, like a, a church for me because mm. it basically gave me everything that I, I needed, the tools to start the journey because that's just, that's what it does. It's like I started the journey of just exploring food and, and then when you go deeper, you see how it just connects us all. So how different cultures, um, the cuisines of different cultures and what that means to them. And so it's just been a, a fascinating journey thus far. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, uh, yeah, we both benefit. I mean, you had a 
you had a, a longer stay there um, at the school. Um, you know, you, uh, you know, did some background work um, before oh, you, yeah. know, you finish your program. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I, uh, I think I, I graduated around 2012. And uh, my experience was, you know, nothing short of phenomenal. You know, I learned. It, was with- life-changing. it altered, like it altered the course of my life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, a lot of the instructors that came from so many different backgrounds, you know, our school was, you know, grounded not in the French technique like most schools are. It's more from different types of traditional Asian influences. Um, So I'm very curious because, you know, you're in Sierra Leone right now. And what is the perception of food um, you know, uh, in terms of healthy eating or not healthy eating, and how did that compare and contrast it to your education in natural gourmet? Well, you know, it's a, like a great question. And, you know, before I started this journey, I'll just say even I had so many, so much misinformation and accurate data on what healthy eating meant. And so, um, and that's the same thing that I find in the U.S. There's, there's just a lot of misinformation on what's good and what's bad. And certain companies keep pushing these ideas of they'll, 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 they'll herald an, an ingredient as this is the, the, the next best thing. And then they'll say, oh, this is the worst thing now. It causes this disease. So, you know, that there are a lot of corporations at the, at the helm of that kind of pushing these agendas. But around the world, the places that I've traveled, people just have a lot of misinformation about food. Um, and so coming back home... I thought it was going to be kind of effortless. I thought it was going to be rather easy Mm. because we have amazing quality ingredients here. We have some of the sweetest pineapples and the mangoes. I mean, it's extraordinary, the quality Mm. of food. The the diversity is not as much, but, you know, as as you know, we practice eating seasonally and locally. So for whatever is in season is what we we tend to, you know, attach to because, you know, the height of its flavor and Mm -hmm. nutrition and all that. And so, and it's all obviously like much more affordable because it's in abundance, but coming back. So I had specific expectations that I I really had to relinquish. And that's, I guess that's the first, that was one of the first major lessons is that as much as I'd been coming home for many years, you know, for, for holiday, I thought I understood you know, the culture. And I thought I understood mm-hmm. food within the culture and nutrition within the culture. And I, I realized that I, I knew nothing. And so coming in with a bit of that arrogance and then mm. had, having to learn all of that to, to start learning again, because yes, I had, you know, information, re, new information and new tools, re-healthy eating. But I, if you don't, if you're not able to connect with people, they can trust you to be able to communicate. Right. Um, then it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't penetrate. And so for me, it had to be this, this whole lesson of dismantling this, these attitudes that I came in with and learning and learning from scratch, understanding, you know, and how people view, viewed food and the reasons and the cultural ramifications of certain foods and, mm-hmm. and why certain things vary and be able to really appreciate the value of those things before then talking. You basically, the whole thing of you, you, you know, to, to be able to connect someone, you have to listen to them not come and tell them what, you know, what you know, and this and that. And that's exciting. Right. right. You have to listen and pay attention to like, what's important for them in the the environment. And so coming back, I, I was really able to connect with my culture in a whole different way that I I think I'd I'd never done really, because I was, I was young when I left. So. Right. Right. How did you, um, how did you, how did you eat growing up? Um, And then um, how did you kind of, pretty much change the cuisine um, from yourself 
and what you would love to kind of uh, convey, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like art in a way, right? You know, you kind of look at the world. It's almost like you look at world, you know, your world growing up. And then, you know, you just had this major, major experience that influenced not only the cooking, but, you know, your perception of the culture and how Uh you want that as beautiful as that culture can be, you want to be able to highlight and enhance that. But knowing what you know, you said that, okay, I have so much information on health and nutrition, um, and you're also a coach as well. And, you know, as uh, someone that's a a specialist in the health support of culinary arts, you know, how did that, you know, how did that, you know, influences, you know, made you kind of get to where you are? I think that's what inspired you to start uh, Eden Foods, right? Yes. Well, it's, it's, you know, I think like most cultures, food is a, a really a focal point and a central point in, in most of our celebrations and our gatherings, the social gatherings. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal anywhere. And <laughs> we have amazing quality food, amazing quality ingredients. And, and just people naturally know how to cook. You know what I mean? It's like they know how to season, how to coax out flavors. Um, I was always a very picky eater as a child. Mm. Um, I was always, I'm, I'm bit introverted. So I, I wouldn't speak out loud about a lot of things, but when it came to food, I was very discerning and very decisive. You know what I mean? I would eat this and I wouldn't eat this and you can tell me whatever, but I'm just not going to eat it. Um, and I've always been that particular about food when I, you know, reflect on my past. And so um, through the veil as a child, what I remembered was, was, you know, just the foods that we had were delicious, but I really, you know, when you're in the culture, you don't really think much of it because mm-hmm. it's what you've grown up. I knew I liked certain things. I loved fish. I remember that. I always loved fish. I loved, you know, meat. I, like, I, I was eating a lot of protein because there's this, there's this um, thing in our cultures where the child gets like the smallest amount of proteins. And mm. then the, that's of course, it should be inverted because, you know, we need it for our brain development. So somehow, inadvertently, I guess I knew that. So I was always very much gearing toward protein intake. Um, we have amazing, like, you know, chickens and all, all just kinds of high quality food because they, they get to roam free and it's not mm. the what it is in, in different parts of the world. And so... Um, it was just very, it was just, I remember just the food being delicious. I remember actually specifically on the plane traveling to the U S um, and my dad was just like, I refused to eat the food because from, in my point of view, it just tasted so bland. I couldn't, I didn't taste delicious at all. Um, and I remember going in and my mom, you know, was, my mom was like an amazing cook. She's an extraordinary you know, chef, and she doesn't necessarily give herself the, the amount of credit that she deserves, but I mean, she's really great cook and so you know going to the u.s and my mom cooking and and then allowing us freedom in the pot because you know as a kid you're you know they dish out what you're supposed to have you know and but when when i was in the u.s when i went when she i could just take whatever i wanted and so Mm -hmm. i I, a lot of that and i noticed of course i started getting weight and i remember an aunt just looked at me and one day and said this was like maybe a couple of um months after i'd been to the u.s i was you know chowing down a lot of ice cream yeah yeah and just everything just i'm a, i mean i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sweet i have a sweet tooth and while my dad used to indulge that in sierra leone going there you just it's just all over and so i was just you know taking a lot in and my aunt just looked at me and said you know you're like you look great you know look at you you know she said my stomach was as big as my my bum yeah. <laughs> at the time i remember i remember like distinctly and i didn't i didn't really have the american you know, idea of, you know, slim is where it's at. And that's right, where, that's what's right. 
that because I come from a culture where we we celebrate different body shapes and different body sizes. We we revel. In fact, being thin is not necessarily the attractive one because that means you're not you don't you're not you know curvy and shapely. Right. And so I remember being distinctly certain that something was wrong with that statement. And right. so I, I went on a path of overeating certain things and undereating certain things. So I would overeat perhaps like oranges, you know, and, and like maybe like these, I remember these disgusting little rice cakes that I would have. I mm. think it was quick. I guess I shouldn't brand, brand name, name brands and stuff. These little rice cakes, I would just have the entire packet and mm-hmm. I wouldn't eat other things. And so I had no information, but I remember I would right. like, you know, dab my pizza and so when I would separate certain things I was always doing kind of strange things with my food that other people thought were strange anyway and they would always comment but so 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 natural gourmet was was when I say was kind of a beacon it was a place that was always meant to be and eventually end up because Mm -hmm. it just recalibrated me and gave me tools and just also just give me foundational information to then start seeking my own answers Mm -hmm. so veil of just like as a child it was more at a certain point it was like whatever was what I was I was I was supposed to receive as a child I got that and then but I would want other things and so I would find ways to get them right and right. then and then to go, growing up like in the U.S. with my mom and my, my dad I would you know I just had access and freedom and of course I just overate on certain things there and then I got I, I would eat I would I was just like I had a huge sweet tooth so I would overindulge in that and feel sick and then like try to you know, eat just what I thought was healthy. So I would eat a, a bunch of, like I said, the oranges or, or whatever, or one kind of fruit or one kind of vegetable. I didn't happen to understand. And I just was doing and trying things right. and some things. But I didn't have the direct, you know, cause and effect understanding of what, what that meant. And then as I grew old, as I grew up, grew older, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't cooking a lot, but when I moved to New York, I started cooking a lot for myself and my friends and just started discovering a real love for it, but still no information. Right. Right. Um, I also worked jobs and I remember the one, dis- one day we did not have, it wasn't a food catering job. It was for drinks. And I just absolutely hated it. And I, so that was some, something clicked for me. So I was searching for that. I didn't really know how to put it into words. And then my life has kind of taken that journey where a lot of times I don't know, but I know that I'm looking for something. I don't know what the thing is. I don't have enough information to know what I'm looking for. But right. when I find that I know, and that's that was the first day at Natural Gourmet when I I became like a stagiaire. You know that process we mm-hmm. go through two thousand hours of the you know of just like working with different amazing different chefs from all around the world. And the first day I think it was like very long day. It was long on our back. I had poor shoes. I didn't have the proper shoes to do what I was doing. My back hurt. I was so exhausted, and I knew that I was home. It was right for me. So right, instantly right. I knew when I learned that information, it was like, oh my God, you almost like have this new power. Like, what do you do with it? So I was just like almost this, this neophyte with this and untrained and undisciplined with just all these <laughs> ideas like spewing from me. Like, what do I do with it? And then proselytizing and not really in a space to really even like maybe listen to other what people were saying about it. just like I had this new gospel and, you know, just like a new, newfound convert. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, that's definitely that's definitely a journey that's very unique because you're splitting up, you know, your time between you know two continents essentially. Hey guys, we're gonna be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. 
you know, for those for those of us um, in the audience um, that are not familiar with uh, African cooking, what was the you know when you when you were spent that time in America versus you know where you are now? Like, what were the main key differences in terms of um, you know uh, you know were things organic, were things natural? You know, give me like different kinds of food groups that were that you guys actually had um, versus, you know, what Americans had. Um, so to, to give us a kind of like a, a, an illustration, because for us, um, you know, we're used to, you know, whatever the food industry um, presents to us, processed um, things that are refined. You were talking about rice cakes before, things in a package. And so I, I, I have to paint this picture, you know, when I counsel my patients that you want to be able to eat as close to whole as possible. You want to be able to eat, you know, what mother nature um, has intended for us and, you know, just pretty much real food. But we've come to a point where, um, you know, we don't, we don't know what real food is anymore. So, um, can you share a little bit about, you know, what, you know, growing up uh, and where you are right now, you know, food means, um, you know, to uh, just pretty much people from Sierra Leone? Yeah. Um, I mean, the U.S., one of the things I love about the U.S. is just the access to like to just wide variety. If I want anything at any time of the year, I can get it, which, of course, it's, it goes against a lot of our foundational practices at NGI um, of just eating in season and eating locally and stuff. And so the more I learned the more I understood what food meant and the carbon footprint and our response and started taking just ownership of the, my own responsibility and contributing to just the, the you know, just environmental damage. I, 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 I took that seriously. I take that seriously. Um, and so, and then when you just look at the quality of foods and so the U S what I find is that to, to eat healthily, you have to make an effort because it's much easier of mm -hmm. course to eat unhealthy. You have access to these um, processed foods and fast foods, not necessarily the highest quality ingredients within, within like within reach. And so you have to just plan and like like healthy eating anywhere around the world, I, I've found requires planning. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So it's not mm -hmm. you know, unique to what I found shocking were some of the prices for certain things. And so, you know, but that also goes with you know, eating out of season. If we want access to certain things during, during it's all, when it's not in season, then you have to pay for it. Something has to give. So I understand that. I think for me, what I find quite easy about eating in Sierra Leone is just access to fresh quality ingredients. The, the right. diversity is, there's, I mean, there are fixed amounts of things that are cultivated and, and people think we're going to make money and stuff. And so there, there's a specific amount, but the diversity is that with the quality, my God, it's, 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 un <laughs> It's like right, unspeakable. Right. <laughs> I'm sure the taste, the, the taste probably um, is phenomenal. You know, when I travel and I travel a bit myself, you know, you can yeah, taste a difference um, in terms of, you know, for, you know, when I went to uh, Fiji, you know, uh, recently, um, you know, you can taste the difference between a pineapple and a papaya and, you know, bananas. You just, the, 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 the differences are astounding, you know what I'm saying? So I'm sure that. It's. I'm sure that's what what you uh what you experience as well. Yeah, I mean the differences are astounding. Like it's it's shocking. Like it's shocking. I don't even know how. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, I always like you know when I, I, was, I was talking to like friends and you know like Scott or this or that. I'm just like I would love for you to taste this the quality 
of of these these fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. you have no idea like michael you got to taste this this is it's just unbelievable yeah. and and as they look at you like you're you're kind of like okay i get it you love fruits and vegetables this is your work we get it you're passionate you don't get, <laughs> get it you don't understand like there are quotes about pineapples where i'll i'll look it up and say it later but it's just it's something about just the relish of of just the, the the levels of flavor you taste things you'd never tasted before like you didn't know, i didn't know, i didn't understand pineapples had that level of like layer depth, and depth, depth right a depth of flavor and is extraordinary it's like oh my god like i can't i can't believe like this is you know i eat it and then I, I like sit there and after i'm done i'm just like I, i'm looking like i just did something bad because it was so good <laughs> <laughs> i mean i overdo it a bit because even with fruits you have to be mindful because it's so sweet you shouldn't be eating all of it but i do i do because i'm just i remember times where when i would have a, a banana that's you know just massive size banana that's basically almost like a diluted version of the, the ones that we have here so there there are differences and, yeah. and there are things you know in season in the US too that I can't get here like the sweet potatoes I'm a the orange sweet potatoes I'm a, I'm a huge sweet potato fan um just like there's so many you know just also high quality things but you do have to make those connections to those farms so I, I'm always big about just making the connections to the farms or the farm like the farmers farmers themselves or the vendors who really care or co-ops and stuff yes, so yes. you have the differences but there are, if you're focused and this is what you want the moment you go to to any place like whenever i travel that's the first thing i start looking up i literally research that because i can't i i always take what i consider a bridge food which right. is the food to get me through like a day or two or something without so i can still make high quality decisions but Interesting. then I, and i make like i i find where there was an avocado because avocado is my favorite fruit mm-hmm. and i'm just like oh, i need to find my avocado i need to find this what 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 fruit does each country have that i can't find or vegetable that they have that i can't find anywhere else and so uh, that's always an adventure for me but right. i find the difference is it's just in people's desire because even here people keep saying oh vegetables are so expensive and we you know we sometimes eat it like garnish and so i have this group that i started where you know now we're eating vegetables we're eating like sometimes 50% of the plate of vegetables we're having mm-hmm. color mm-hmm. we're having a variety we're having rainbow we're having like you know so it's very exciting to be able to to open up that space for people to understand that veggies cannot only be garnishes they can also be you know the, like a the main players main, main players of the of the plate exactly and and you know just the, the importance of the fiber and you know with with us in in Sierra Leone the healthcare system like the US is leaves a lot to be desired but you know yeah. it's really quite terrible here um and so just people taking that those preventative measures makes such a difference and and just the awareness like right now we're on this challenge we're having for like before our one year anniversary we're having like a the water challenge sugar challenge a, you know macro challenge and then seasons challenge because I'm anti MSG and all of that so we're, mm-hmm. we're four challenges simultaneously where people can join up to two and you know the difference in people's lives of just the consistent accountability of drink water every day i mean you need to like metabolic processes don't don't work unless you you you, yeah. you drink these are these are foundational things that habits that people kind of you know dis- disregard at times but it's it's everywhere that's what i found that's what that's what i actually ended up learning is that you know some of the ideas of healthy eating are the same in both places people have the same struggles people people have the same sometimes good information but just don't know how to practice it and sustain those practices right. and being able to that's why that's why I had to add the coaching aspect to be able to inspire and motivate and and, and really help people stay connected to the the real consequences 
the way you're really abusing yourself over, I mean, you're a doctor, so you know, but you're abusing yourself over a period of years if you're not taking care of yourself in this way. And these are just basic, simple things. And your yeah. body tells so much better and so more, more alive and energized. And you're not supposed to be tired all the time. So what is the inspiration when you created, you know, your now company, Eden Foods? And I heard you say that you're celebrating, you know, a year. Congratulations. Um, you know, what What was the inspiration uh, for you to create this? Because, you know, you work as a coach, you work as a chef, you work as, you know, um, you know, a lot of consulting um, and, and things like that. So my my curiosity lies, you know, what was what what is the perception of people's health? Uh, what is perception of health in Sierra Leone? And what does your business and services, you know, help cater to to be able to uh, assist them in terms of either enhancing health or be able to increase a certain type of um, you know, nutritional profile for them? Like what, what was the drive between creating this business to cater to what you thought is a lack or misunderstanding of health um, in Sierra Leone? I think that, um, you know, initially coming back, you know, of course I'm learning, I'm excited about the foods, the ingredients and all of that. And the, the, the one year is a one year for our, the group that I, it's, it's a pro bono group. Mm. So you're in a space where we, like a lot of times our ideas about nutrition tend to be focused on malnutrition um, and stunting and wasting. And some, we have this, you know, double burden of, you know, the obese undernourished person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, because we were eating, you know, the foods in, 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 in imbalance and in, in different proportions that are not, that do not sustain sustain our health, you know, that do not like supply us with all the nutrients necessary. And so one of the things coming back, and, and this is the thing I, I you know, the, the cultures are, are, are very similar, but also very different. And so having a business, you know, attempting to serve both places was uh, challenging <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, the approaches and the, the understanding of how to communicate with both audiences is very, very different. And so one of mm-hmm. the things that I've done is created like a, a pro bono group. It's like my, I guess my social responsibility where I have over like about a hundred women because I, I believe that in impacting these, 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 in impacting these women and teaching them certain practices, they're going to impact their families and we can, you know, help That's contribute awesome. to, the, to this nation. And so it's been, it's been amazing. It's been, I mean, I had the, the I had the concept because I would work with clients like doctors like yourself would send me a client. I would, you know, do like a meal prep, meal plan or whatever we would do it. We would do tests like, you know, lab tests before and after the intervention, you'd see it successful. Yay. But then they would not sustain it. Mm -hmm. They would not continue when I was not there. You know what I mean? And so, you know, your service is supposed to be, you, you, you get in there, you support, but then, you know, the, the habits continue because the habits are what created the, the, the imbalance in the first place. But they wouldn't they wouldn't continue. And so it would frustrate me. I would be very kind of upset because, you know, that's you, 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 you know, the impact, you know, that this problem will right. happen. These habits. And so out of that frustration is where the group, the group was born. Um, the group like the the of the the wellness group was born because I I was just like, we have to find a way to incorporate some of the things that we know in this society, which is that we're very community focused. Um, Right now, the culture itself, there's not a lot of awareness of what what healthy eating eating means. Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. like very much, you know, just, oh, you eat less of this or you you substitute this or I'll, in fact, instead of three, three, three sugars, I'll do like two, you know, or 
um, you know, just, just I'll drink less Coke or whatever. So when you're having these conversations and you're seeing there's just so much misinformation and it's embedded, and these are people that are significantly, like they're trying really hard. They're making an effort mm. to try to eat healthily. We're not talking about people that are slacking. We're talking about people who are really passionate about making a difference in their lives and in the, in the lives of their kids. Cause who doesn't want their kids to benefit? Who doesn't want their kids to have the best possible so they can be grow up to be, you know, productive citizens. So everyone yeah. does. So you, you, I'm just like, how can I, how can I make this difference? And I realized it had to take time because I also was impatient. So I was mm. coming in like, just, you know, send this information to you, but because I'd been studying this stuff all my life and I'm passionate about it. I've been passionate about it all my life. But the fact of the matter is that most people, they have some of this information, but put it into practice in a supportive environment that that was something that they did, they did not have. And so that's right. what this group for Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. It's been extraordinary. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So I so some of the key points that you know you mentioned. Um, you know, for us as a healthcare system, uh, we don't do enough, uh, you know, education, um, in my opinion, we don't do enough of community based, uh, widespread information. Um, you know, most of at least primary care services as a physician is a lot of one on one counseling, you know, we've uh, made advances in terms of remote uh, consultations, we call it telemedicine, things like that. Um, but for us, um, you know, we just didn't, we, we don't have enough impact, you know, and that's why I do things like this, um, you know, having a podcast, you know, writing books, um, mm-hmm. you know, just, just creating these groups. And I think that, you know, you, I think it's awesome the fact that you guys are very community focused and for here, we have to make an effort, uh, to create a community because I feel like, you know, we're very dispersed, very individuals, you know, we stick to ourselves, you know, and uh, it's also interesting because you said that, you know, malnutrition, um, you know, is a, is, is, uh, is a big thing. Whereas here, you know, we have an overnutrition, you know, we have an overnutrition of, you know, refined processed carbohydrates, salt and fat and sugar and all this stuff. So it's very, very interesting. Funny thing that's happening is that we also have that here. We have the combination now of mm. both malnutrition because people are they're not properly nourished and then they're they're also obese it's the double burden yeah that's glo- what like i think the it's the yeah. it's the it's the side effect of globalization you know what i'm saying absolutely. so we have you know so you know, so, so but you're absolutely right about people just wanting and needing education but also needing time because it takes for any any anyone to make change so one of the one of the things that i do i read this book i think nudge um mm-hmm. and i i just i read books about choice architecture and change and how how you can really, really integrate ideas that will people can really take in and then really implement over a period of time. Because it's not so easy to just tell someone to drink more water and then they do it. Um, everybody knows they're supposed to drink more water. They know it. And when they come to you telling you all the things that they're supposed to do, but then how do, how do you get to, to do that? How do you do that on a sustainable basis? And mm-hmm. that, so that's how do, how, how do you get trusted enough to be able to create an environment where it en- encourages and it's you know hospitable to positive change, and so that's been the, the the the. It's not about the big ideas and the 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 you know just like all these these things that I keep thinking. 
and that's that has its place in other in other things that I'm doing. But for this particular group, and for most people, it really is about the basic, simple habits that need to right. be throughout the the years, throughout life. Really, it's about those simple things. You know, you you eat less, you eat more plants, you eat less sugars, you eat less refined you know, processed foods, you eat more, like, like you were saying, whole foods, you drink more water, you, 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 you get enough rest, you get enough sleep, you make sure you're pooping consistently and properly and every day. Let's <laughs> compare that to like pooping. children. Pooping poop is from- so important. Pooping is so, so important. important talk about it but i like i commune like I, I commend people i celebrate them and stuff for great poop <laughs> like you guys need to look at kids like you know you see like little like a little small child and then they go to the bathroom and you see the volume they produce you know why because their system's amazing yeah That's exactly we haven't we haven't even damaged by that time we haven't damaged our system our gi our gastrointestinal digestive system enough for it to almost uh dysregulate it in, in a way so um but I love, yeah, exactly. I love what you, yeah, I love what you uh, uh, said. So my, my next question to you is, um, you know, from a culinary perspective, what do you feel um, most people before they come to you, you know, what, ha- what kind of misinformation did they receive? Uh, what are they lacking? What are they missing from their, you know, genuine um, health and wellness that, you know, from a culinary perspective that you show them, um, or from a coaching perspective, um, in addition, you know, that you show them, um, uh, like the difference. I have it. Like it's the one thing I can, I can tell you without like, you know, it's, it's very clear. People think it's going to be so hard, but it's fun. It's like enjoyable. And they don't realize the amount of energy, the gains are going to be extraordinary. And they think it's going to be so hard. It's going to be, they basically steal themselves when they come to me. They're like, okay, it's almost like, you know, a lot of times the clients that I would, I would, I would get, they would be, they would, they would have known this information for a while. They would have postponed it because they knew it was going to just be bad. And they're not just like, they're not willing to go down this path. And it's basically like they're giving their lives away now having to eat healthy and blah, blah, blah. And, and when I come to them, I, I, I start trying to help them understand this is, this is fun. It's going to be fun. There's no deprivation here. You don't have to compromise. You can have, if you, if you, if you know what you're doing and I do, because I'm, I'm a, I'm a chef. Um, and I'm also, I'm good at what I do. Um, you can coax out flavors and think that they're going to be so decadent and so delicious. So the fact that it's delicious and you don't have to compromise and you don't have to starve yourself. Mm. You don't have to like go any painful, weird, you know, like cutting off. I can't eat this at all. I mean, you have to obviously pay attention to your body and become more aware of what your, what your body likes, even if it's touted as the next health thing. And it's the healthiest thing ever. Like I love avocados. It's standardly understood that it's, it's very healthy, but some people don't like it. They're allergic to it. So you don't force yourself to eat avocados, but you pay attention to your body. But beyond that, just exploring food and having fun with it. Mm. I think that's the big, that it's going to be fun. and, and then they don't even understand it. And, and when, when, when we start, one of the things that's like so rewarding is when, you know, when these people start drinking more water and they start, you know, just doing all the basic things that people said, moving more, like exercising a little bit more and, you know, eating well, eating more plants and, you know, more fiber. So your, your, your immune system gets stronger. How great they feel. They feel <laughs> have so much energy and like now they become you know I, I've, I've had people tell me that you know i was going through this really rough time but i wasn't even mad i wasn't sad and, and people have um, commented on my moods especially when we do the sh- like no, no sugar challenge oh my god mm. of course people go initially because you know you've had all that sugar in your system but then after a period of time how great and fantastic they feel no matter what's happened around them yeah. and so i think that 
in the real reward and just be see and once you get people to to do the little changes to have the little changes and then they feel the small difference they can never forget it mm. and that's and that's like the hook that's yeah. the key because if you did this all you did was drink more water all you did was cut back on your sugar look at how you feel yeah. like feel how you feel look how much energy you have people are annoyed with you now because you have so much energy and you're right, so peppy right right you know, and, and, and I don't know if the audience members can hear it, but, you know, I can hear, you know, Mar- you know, Mariel's energy from here, you know what I'm saying? And it is, it is so vibrant. <laughs> so this, so, so, and, and, and this is what I love because like, you know, I, 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 I love, you know, um, guests that are, you know, that they thrive themselves. Right. So, so, it, so I, I definitely, I definitely want to, um, you know, close uh, what are, so I love the fact that you present challenges, uh, for your group and for your businesses for, for ones that are, you know, not used to maybe cooking for themselves or maybe, you know, not eating as much plants, uh, more plants, uh, that, uh, you know, that they need to, um, can you, can you share like three tips or three challenges in a way that, you know, they can do right now to be able to, you know, get that wholesome, you know, energy that you're referring to get, you know, get them to feel less fatigue or get them to really take back their health. Um, can you share like three challenges for the audience? Of course, of course. I mean, I would say the the first thing is eat more plants, but the way you are going to eat it, it's not, you're just going to eat, you're not a goat, you're not a rabbit. So you won't just eat all of it raw. (laughs) You can do with it. You can play. There's just so many different things. So I would, I would, so so like what my big, one of the big things that I talk about with Eden is diversity. So diversity of the textures and the, in the, in the, in the quality of the foods that you're eating, diversity of the cooking methods, diversity of the ingredients, diversity of color. So they're just, to just have a, a wide variety so that you're not bored because people get stuck doing one thing consistently and then feel like, oh, well, I, I'm just so bored. This is like all there is to do. But have you ever had like, you know, a, like olive oil roasted green beans with like garlic butter that it's just like a fries, but it's so delicious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just different things, different ways that you can play with food and roast food and roast cabbage and roast this to just bring out more flavor in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so- that's the first thing it's like eat more like like eat more plants in in diverse ways diverse plants diverse textures and you know the second thing is make herbs and spices your friend familiarize Mm. yourself because that can transform a meal i mean we all know the basics like you know drink more water and do do this and that but just the a lot of times people find healthy eating so boring because it's like they do the same thing over and over and over again and so it's up to us to kind of take that responsibility to expand our horizons yes Yes. with things that we're not used to and like and 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 so one of the, the ways that i personally do that consistently is that I don't like to measure when I, I don't, I don't, I don't like to write recipes. I don't, I don't enjoy. In fact, when in my, in my business, one of the things that I teach is just be able to cook without recipes and people get initially so scared. They're like, Oh, like this is not possible. Just give me a recipe so I can go do it. I understand what you're trying to say. Just, we don't have your experience. We don't have your time. We don't have your, I'm just like, I understand. However, you know, most people have inherent and like ancestral experience with their families and and information that they know that we don't want to discard by being so restricted by a recipe. So what we want to do is like bring together like their experience, the things they've eaten, the things they've seen, what they're feel, what they're like, what they want to do at this, this time, what they want to eat, what their palate is, is demanding with, 
guides of what, you know, how to do it from, from our business, from Eaton Foods. And so we're not discarding your, we're, we're, we're adding on to what you already know to create something new and original consistently over a period. So you'll never be able to be bored. You can't be bored because mm. time will be different. And you're not, you're not just like, you know, you can use the recipes as a guide, but it cannot be the strict thing that you have to you know abide by. Right. So that's the second thing. Um, the third thing I would just say, you have to have fun with it because no one wants to go to a place and, you know, if, so whatever that means for you, for some people, it means like making a delicious meal and eating by yourself, all of it mm -hmm. <laughs> yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and some of it, it's like, you know, sharing with other people, some, it's cooking for other people, For some people it's baking. So you have to find, find your, 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 your fun point, pick mm -hmm. that point, mm -hmm. go from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So whatever that means for you, like, and it, it doesn't matter what it is. There's no judgment to it. It's just what, what do you like? What do you enjoy? What gives you energy? And then pick that point and then you, you start branching out from there because then that leads you to like m connect more with people. Because ultimately, when we talk, when we think about Eden, we talk about Eden, eventually it, it will involve other people and you want to share yes. it. And if, if you have delicious and tasty, you want somebody else to taste and you want to like look at I have this terrible habit where I would have something great and I would, you know, go offer someone else. But it's not like an empty offer. It's not like an un like an unconditional offer. It's like me staring at them. Just like, oh, go ahead, taste it. Because I want to see their face as they have the first <laughs> I personally can can uh, relate on all that, you know, being, you know, as a chef and cooking with others, you know, I, I you know, I cook a lot on my own. And it for me, it's like a very therapeutic, you know, it not many people, not many people know that, you know, cooking is very, very therapeutic for me, it, you know, about to me, it quiets, you know, the soul, it helps me regain balance, and it helps me to focus. And what I love about cooking for either for myself or for others, and I love the fact that, you know, social connection is, you know, paramount. What I love about it is that you, I get to re-engage my five senses again, you know, and that's the key thing is that, you know, in our day to day, we're either staring at a screen or, you know, yeah. we're just, you know, not even listening. So we are turning on and off certain senses that, you know, before, you know, modern technology, um, you know, we, you know, we used to engage all of our five senses. And that's what I love about, you know, getting, you know, being in the kitchen, cooking with other people, engaging with, you know, like-minded individuals. I've also been learning here in Sierra Leone of just the, just the value of that, you know, just the socialized cooking where you're cooking. Cause I, as a chef, I don't like cooking as like that with people like that. <laughs> like I don't, I prefer, cause I like everything in a certain order. I like things in a certain place So it's because it's a therapeutic thing. So I've come to learn and really appreciate just the, just being able to cook with other people in a space and not be so kind of dogmatic about it being perfect mm -hmm. or it being exactly like, no, 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 you could cut it this way and this and that, you know, you have to do this exact this way and this and that. So, cause I think just culinary school is pro probably still in me and just that, that desire to have yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 or that organization, that regimen, yeah. you know, that practice yeah, exactly. it's, it's, it's instilled, you know, it, because there's, there's, there's a lot of order, you know, for those of uh, those of uh, those listening, that's not, um, you know, uh, cooking, uh, uh, minded, it's more, um, it's a certain type of order in that chaos, you know? So I, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yes. And so, so I've, I've been able to really, you know, just appreciate and learn just how to like, you know, play well with others in the kitchen. <laughs> is what I yeah, definitely. <laughs> Playing well with others is great. <laughs> it's very, very important too. So before it would be either a situation where I would like either say, Oh no, no, you go ahead and cook. I'll watch you versus yeah. 
I'll just do it or I'll, I'll, I'll organize and I'll, you know, just do as like, do as I ask, but it's, it's different, you know, just working with different clients is also just, it's, it's also, that's a different thing. But when I'm cooking personally in my, in my private life, I've really learned to incorporate some of this, just the, the connection and the connections that can be made and the learning and the educational opportunities for, from both me and whoever I'm cooking with. Cause I'm always going to talk about food somewhat yeah. and, and you know, something and they're going to like teach me something so that's always just a really beautiful process and that's one of the things that i really love about you know just the cooking methods that we use at eaten foods is, is that we you you get to, I, I get to learn a lot too because we're, we're asking the, you know clients to bring their knowledge and their history and their their ancestry to the table as well and so it's fascinating and you, you get to create these one-of-a-kind meals that you know, no one else can, can ever make, they, they may not even be able to make because it's just right. one at that time. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, this has been wonderful. Um, so tell, tell everyone, um, you know, where they can find you if they wanted to look you up or reach out to you, you know, where's the best place to find you? Um, I'm at www.eatonfoods.org, E-T-O-N-F-O-O-D-S.org. And you can just um, send an email at hello at eatingfoods.org. Yeah, so those are those are places that you can. I'm on Instagram and all like so, social networks, but you know I spend a lot of time. time on not. Muriel, thank you so much for coming on to this episode. Um, I really enjoyed our talk today, and everyone, you know, definitely look her up, check out her business, and you know, if uh, if you want to be able to get you know inf- great information. Um, recipe ideas, follow her on her blog and um, all this other stuff, you know, go to her website and also follow her on her social media. I'll have the links within the bio. Um, Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Chef Muriel uh, for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Colin. I really appreciate it. I mean, it's always love talking about this stuff. I can never get enough of it. Yeah, 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 definitely. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to catch us on another episode of Thrive Vice, please check back here weekly, every Wednesday. And thank you for listening in. Hey guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.